What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Rogue Opinions. My name, as always, is Nathan, and I am sat here this evening with my nemesis and fellow loser of Takeover predictions, Scott McLeod. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Nathan. I mean, I woke up after Takeover and feeling so smug, thinking that I'd actually won. I thought you and Reese were going to have to do this, and then I realised that my score and I had actually factored in the tiebreaker questions. I realised without tiebreakers, I was actually me and you that lost. So it was a really harrowing realisation. I realised I had to do this punishment with you. Yeah, the one, the one uh, good thing for me, I did. I came dead last, but I was quite happy that I came last by quite a way instead of in your case of it being super close because my original predictions had EO mm-hmm. winning, which even if we factored in, I still would have lost. Which so, but. We did make a, a challenge to Carl and Reese, since there are so many wrestling shows this month. Uh, but they turned us down. <laughs> I know we offered to go double or nothing. We were going to do this and Taker Goldberg if we uh, if we lost. But if they lost, they'd think they'd have to do just this. And I remember you. We I was so behind the idea. Of, yeah, let's, let's challenge. Let's go double or nothing. And they said. Yeah, if we lose, we'll do this and Taker Goldberg. I felt like, wait, will we? I wasn't consulted in this. Well, I remember Taker Goldberg being super short, so but I oh, knew yeah. we had to pick something tasty that they might bite on. But it doesn't matter. That's that's beside the point. We are here to do alternative commentary for the greatest Royal Rumble uh, match, which took place in 2018 in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Jeddah. It's quite fitting as we sit here mere hours away from the world seeing the greatest wrestling match of all time. We sit here and watch the greatest Royal Rumble match of all time. So in in the words of Comrade Thompson, I've always wanted to, to say this. If you are going to watch this along with us, fire up your WWE Network. <laughs> You'll want to go to the WWE pay-per-view tab, then go down to the retired pay-per-view section. And find Greatest Royal Rumble. And then skip on through to 3 hours 30 and 48 seconds. That's where we're going to press play from. But we're not just doing this uh, sober, basically. Oh, we do. Yeah, if you do partake in the adult beverages, uh, then we've we got a couple of, couple of rules to go through. Scott, what, what's the first rule we've got? Uh, I have a rule. I say drink every time they replay Titus O'Neil's spectacular fall during this match. We're also going to do a sip every time they mention in any way that this is the biggest Royal Rumble match of all time. I think we should also, in a variation of like, when they say pour one out, I say we pour one in, as in pour one in our mouth. But every time somebody who's now been released from the company enters this match. That's a good idea. That's a very, very good idea. I think uh, you should... Should we drink for every chop Roderick Strong delivers to Daniel Bryan? Yeah, sure, if you want to go mental, yeah. <laughs> why, why not? Why not? We, we only live once. And I've, uh, already opened, I've already opened one of my cans of cider, so I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I've gone with the Budweiser. One of mine's already open as well. It is the really tall cans as well. They're 568 millilitres instead of the usual 500. Don't know why that exists. I've only got like cans of three, or just over 300 millilitres, but I do have four of them. So. Okay. 
Well, we're going to, well, now that you guys have had a bit of time to get up, if you are going to watch along with us, we're just going to put this onto full screen and we're going to press play. It's three hours, 30 and 48 seconds, uh, just to remind you. So I'll give you five more seconds to get that ready. And then uh, as we look at the skyline of Jeddah, presumably, those roads are curvaceous. <laughs> How curvy they are, Jesus. <laughs> no, not something I'd ever heard described used to the Saber Road. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, let's go. Oh, a vibrant and progressive city. Let's not get involved in that, in that choice. Is that volume okay for you, Scott? Or does it not change when I change it? I really cannot hear it. Earth and... Well, it's just very thin. Oh, go on, Greg. Anyway, I don't think we're in here. Anything. We're the ones doing commentary here. Like, I know all the rules of a fucking Royal Humble. <laughs> oh, that man looks bored. Oh, so many the... John Cena shirts. Oh, and the network's already already frozen for us. You see that guy looks bored. He's, well, he's been sitting there for already for three and a half hours. He's probably never even watched wrestling before. And he realizes just how much longer he's got left to sit there. This is true. But the network network has given up on us already. Well, at least it has for me. Oh, apparently I've got to press play again. Scott, what's happened? The podcast has gone to shit already. Oh, good. Not only do we have to watch this, but now we've been denied watching it, so we can, like, can't even get over with. Oh, there we go. There we go. I mean, they already did a 40-man Royal Rumble back in 2011, but, you know, Vince has, Saudis seem to have this opinion, like, if less is more, think of how much more more will be. <laughs> Look at that trophy, it's not, oh, who's first? Who is it? Oh, here he comes. Wow. It is Daniel Bryan. What's your favourite Daniel Bryan moment from his career? Not just WWE. I just I just love I just love in general from outside of he, his entrance that he used to have when he used to come out of Final Countdown. Which I tried in vain in the greatest wrestling entrances tournament, but you know, <laughs> you guys immediately shot me down, called me a smark and everything. <laughs> That does sound like us. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice beard, Daniel. I, I remember this is like, well, you only had less than a handful of matches since coming back because he came back at this mania and like so fresh back. Like, hey, how do you feel about starting number one in a 50-man rumble and going about an hour? <laughs> I'm sure he felt great about it. He was like, yep, love that. That's going to be amazing. Um, that shirt, not sure about the shirt. Mm-hmm. Long hair. I miss his his hair. He's got short hair at the minute. Oh, God. Oh, I forgot he still had the rifle. Fucking oh, hell. Wherever I go, here comes Dolph. It's the current era's Valve. Yeah. My God, look at how the difference in colour between his chest and his face. He's like got... Remember- Reverse tan line. I remember being so disappointed at the time because two weeks or so before this, he starts that partnership with Drew McIntyre, and then Drew doesn't even get to come to Saudi Arabia. We had to see Dolph. 
I mean, for, to, to say something nice about Dolph, uh, he is a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's, he's not boring. He's just been, like, I feel like he's one of the people in the world I've seen the most in my life. <laughs> and that includes my friends and family. I mean, if you're going to start a, a rumble, like a 50-man rumble, I can see, you can see why they chose these two to start off. My God, look at the Dolph Ziggler's tan all over the place. Daniel Bryan, so pasty. But uh, here we go. Should, should we try some proper commentary or are we just going <laughs> to... I don't know. Dolph step oh, on the rope oh. like a... Should we waterfall every time someone hangs onto the ropes in a super unnatural way? <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> It's the weird thing about Rumbles is you never in any other match see people throw each other over the ropes in these ways. Mm-hmm. Weird. Or, or in other matches, people seem to go over the ropes very easily. But it's only in a Rumble match they, re- they remember just how many ways there are to avoid going over. I think one of my friends said when I said that to them once, I think we were watching Royal Rumble last year, and uh, he went, well... Um, in normal matches, they don't care if they grab onto the rope and dislocate their shoulders. But, <laughs> <laughs> so they just take the impact on the outside. Oh, it's going over. You can't win a match this early. You can certainly lose it. <laughs> oh, I wish Ziggler would go. Um, should we try and guess who number three might be? I reckon it's Kalisto. Just because I think he's he would be the perfect bit of excitement. I'm sure Mojo came in number three in everyone but one point. Oh, I was close. <laughs> you were closer oh, than me. Drink, he's gone. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The second version. How weird is this mask he's got? This is not like any other mask he usually got. Whoa. He didn't botch a move. <laughs> For some, for a, he doesn't look like. Now I'm not someone who goes to the gym a lot. Uh-huh. But I'm also not a wrestler. <laughs> Sinkara is not a man who looks like he spends a lot of time in the gym. I know, like other than the big tattoo being a giveaway, the second Sinkara was definitely a lot more muscular, and then he just started putting on weight, but not in muscle as you can see here. One of my favorite things is when um. I think it was Albert. Was it Alberto Del Rio's announcer wrestled in NXT for a bit? Yeah, as El, El Loco or whatever it was, and he was just so out of shape, <laughs> like because he had a takeover match one, or might not have been takeover, might have been a rival, but I can't remember. Sin Cara does not look great, Michael Cole. Somehow, somehow, Zinkara just dominating Dolph Ziggler and Daniel Bryan. He would, he did this for a couple of years. He would just kind of appear, have a couple of matches, look like he was going to get a rivalry going with someone, and then oh, either get injured. Or oh, yes, go Dolph, go away. Uh, I, he just had those weird moments. Like he had a weird feud with Brian Corbin for the US title for a few weeks before Baron fought Mez at Survivor Series. I think it was in 2017. <laughs> well, four. Curtis, Curtis Axel. Oh, he's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Nick Aldis did say he wanted to potentially face him for the NWA title at some point, though. That would be good. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Curtis Axel's great. I haven't been watching... I kind of missed his Intercontinental title weird thing when he was Paul Heyman guy. Mm-hmm. I've never seen any of it, but I know he got a win over Triple H, didn't he, and stuff. I got it by Kerner or something like that, and you know, weird thing with John Cena for a few weeks. I'm sure he's great, but there was that thing where he got released and then suddenly there was loads of Twitter people like, oh my God, he's been so misused. And he just... Sometimes when that happens, when people get released, I'm like, you've never mentioned this wrestler before until they got fired. <laughs> like, I know. No one has ever spoken about Curtis Axel in massively glowing terms until he got fired. <laughs> what are those? Are they meant to be punches? I don't know. You just... Oh, they, it's like weird half punches, half clotheslines he's doing. Um, but like, I like how everybody comes in so fresh. They just batter in Dolph and Brian, even though there are four people in, so they shouldn't be that knackered yet. So Brian and Dolph should be able to just batter them. Oh, it's Mark. Sexual chocolate. He's one of a few people they randomly announced for this, like legends that they've announced for this, even though I'm pretty sure every now and then Mark say, I'm retired. He'd come back for a review from or a battle royal. They are definitely retired now. I heard, um, have you heard the story about when he wanted to retire? because he was hurting so much and then he went in to talk to Vince about it and walked out after signing a new three-year deal and he was like <laughs> I had no idea what happened because <laughs> like, um, <laughs> he was just uh, uh, sorry for Mark Henry like, sorry go on uh, I heard a story of that Elk, I just can't where I heard it but he's not he's taking his sweet ass time though isn't he he's he just is. in the ring I hear talking and uh I think it was people were saying for ages that he deserves a retirement match. And I've heard him talk about it and him being like, he he's hurting so much. Like he's in pain every day, just waking up or something. And I was like, yeah, Mark, maybe. Uh, bye, Axel. Oh. Dolph oh, and Brian suddenly oh. trying to work together. Oh, Brian, get away from it. Anyone that tags with Dolph is just doomed. Except oh. for Drew. Drew, he's now the WWE champion. This is true. Drew is the exception that proves the rule. How's Robert Roode? <laughs> oh, here comes Mike Canellis. Oh, another one that's gone. But built everything. Theme song, though. Uh, a man who asked for his release, then got released and played victim. <laughs> <laughs> Well, his last storyline was being humiliated by Maria on a daily basis and then having to pin her while she's pregnant to win the 24-7 title. That was pretty funny. I know, but you think of last big storyline in that company. Like, he debuted in a big <laughs> season. <laughs> oh, he's gone. Canellis is gone. Never mind. Well, they're going for the record. You know what I can't wait for? I can't wait for number 30 to come out and then Michael Cole go, now usually this match would be over here, but we've got 20 more. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that sea of John Cena shirts in the crowd on the hard cam side. I know. It was a weird thing after so many years to hear not even the smattering of a boo for Cena when he comes out for his match with, with Triple H earlier on in the night. Like you kind of imagine that they'd be mostly positive for Cena, then you just heard it like it was still so foreign to hear. Oh, 
it's him. It's Yoko's dinner. If you if you squint very very your eyes very close together, it kind of looks like Yoko's dinner from far away. <laughs> what is Mark Henry thinking right now? What's his name? Hiroki Sumi. If you want to Google him, feel free. <laughs> oh, he's from, he's from Japan, which is where Yokozuna was from. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, Hiroki Sumi was, of course, famously. Was he from Hawaii, wasn't he? Yeah, Yokozuna was part of the, like, same for think someone family's Rikishi, Roman, and all that. I mean, Mr. Fuji wasn't even technically Japan, Japanese. Like, he was Jap- Japanese American. Like, he was born in America. Here we go. His Hiroki Sumi probably isn't in the company anymore, so I'm going to rule on a drink for that. Alright. The biggest stuff oh. since Andre and Hogan. Also, for those unaware. Alright, here we go. Could Hiroki Sumi even wrestle? Doubt it. For those unaware, I'm not just being racist calling him Yokozuna. Allegedly. He was there because the Saudi prince wanted Yokozuna and didn't realise Yokozuna had died many years ago. And so is out, and so is Henry. That is the prince of Saudi Arabia who allegedly is buying Newcastle United Football Club at the moment. <coughs> didn't this, wasn't there a rumour for ages that Vince wanted to buy a, a club in the UK? Uh, yeah, it was Newcastle as well. Apparently, a rumour has it, buy... he inquired about buy... buying it. Everybody probably wants to buy Newcastle United. Fucking hell, another one. It's because the it's because the stadium and the fan base is so massive, but the club never does very well because it's not been poorly. It's been very poorly run. So there's a lot of money to be made if someone can turn it around. They've been a lot of undercard people in the the start here to fill out because they've got fifty people in. And then you realise just how many people were let go recently. Like the entire undercard seemingly was let go because, yeah. Other than Brian and Ziggler, I think everyone else is pretty much gone. I can't remember which one. This is this Connor or Victor. This is Victor, isn't it? Mhm. Yeah, and he was actually training in the Heart Dungeon, wasn't he? One of the last people. Was it? Yeah, one of the Ascension was trained in the Heart Dungeon. All right. Uh, I'm going to double check that. Uh, oh, by Victor. I'm sure I heard that somewhere, but that could be. A, oh, we're back to Dolphin Daniel Bryan. Dolph, just the one guy who refuses to go away. <laughs> he is, as I said before in a podcast, he's like thrush. Ah, oh. oh, which member? Yes, yeah, somebody who's actually in the company still. Kofi Kingston. The Ascension. Uh, Rick Victor. Victor. He was. He was trained by Bruce Hart and Ross Hart. Hmm. And he, well, Victor debuted in 1999. So he had a, he's had a long career. Jesus. Right. Former WWE champion in the ring. Facing off all, of, all three of them world champions. Sorry, for a minute, he says, like, former WWE champion, Rick, but they're like, wait, what? When was that? <laughs> what, what parallel universe is this from? <laughs> yeah, and you talk about how Dolph won't go away. The next time, like, to the first Saturday show after Kofi won the title, he defended the title against Dolph. 
Because oh, apparently it should have been him. I just don't. Uh, I mean, Dolph can put on an excellent, excellent wrestling match. It's just he's been so exposed now that nobody cares. I'm pretty sure that same Saturday show, that's the one where Taker Colbert, I tuned out like halfway point in that show and then tuned back in for the main event and then wish I hadn't because it was so bad. Ah, Tony <laughs> Tony Nese has been doing good things in NXT lately. Mm-hmm. In the, he was in the Cruiserweight tournament. I always describe uh, Tony says if Joey Fatone for NSYNC suddenly got super ripped. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Jesus. <laughs> so I've seen Joey Fatone pop up in like Impractical Jokers and he is not a slim man. No, he's not, but you are right. He does. <laughs> god, I can't stop. That's all I can see now. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tony Nese though. Like, I don't yeah. think he's he's probably not got the promo skills and the charisma. I just like. love the time he got, he got called out by Drake Maverick and one of Drake's first nights in the company as GM, like slagging off like, "Congratulations, Tony, you've got abs. So what?" <laughs> that is his gimmick. <laughs> that is basically uh, it, yeah. He, and he, yeah, he still insists on doing the whole point to my ass thing when he was a face. Like, oh, no, he's very oh, here they come. It's one of FTR. Oh, sure. Do you think of their. Um, we can use this time to actually catch up on some wrestling stuff because we don't care about this match. Um, what do you make of their <laughs> debut match? Sorry, I was taking a drink there. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean,. They made the mistake of choosing Butcher. They hit a version of the Shark Machine on because I think he was clearly too big to get up. But they called it, I like that they're calling it the, uh, was it the Something Express after the Rock and Roll Express? Like, I think they call it like the All Night Express or the Good Night Express or something like that. Something like that, yeah, I can't remember either. But, um, yeah, um, is it, it was the Butcher they hit it on, wasn't it? Yeah, and he was clearly too big <laughs> yeah, to get up. Yeah, he's, he's not an athletic man. Well, luckily they didn't. That's not how they, that wasn't the finish. They had the blade with like a version of like the spike pile driver, which I think was maybe an Ote, Tully and Arn who yeah, were they showed in the crowd. Yeah, I think maybe the old school stuff about them. Uh, I don't know if I'm a big fan of that being so overly exposed. Oh, or being so, oh Jesus! It's Hornswoggle. Rahul will be so pleased if he ever listened to a show. <laughs> Oh, look at the poppy, look at the cuts of the crowd, they're going fucking mental. It's like, hey, look, it's Vince's son. Have you so read his book? No. Oh, I remember being so angry about this. <laughs> he just comes out, he pulls Dash Wilder, who's dangling, like, and he pulls him in and helps eliminate him. I, like, I remember we were talking about how bad FTR the revival being bit at the time. I thought, oh, they're not too bad. And then this happened, I went, okay, they're dead now. Yeah. And now he's got Kofi Kingston up for a, a, you can call it a Celtic cross or a white noise, but uh, this is a bit where he can't get to the rope because he's too fat. <laughs> uh, the weird story is he was apparently very much a, he bullied Brutus Clay, despite the fact Brutus Clay could easily crush him. Yeah. Oh, Dolph, you have to ruin everyone's fun, don't you? I wasn't having fun, so. <laughs> Like the idea, of... I love that. Like when Corey Graves goes, he must be three foot nine, four twenty. 
glad that he was he somehow bullied with the amount of like there's a scene in that film, The Benchwarmers, where it's revealed that Rob Schneider's character used to bully Terry Crews. <laughs> he's like he's like he did he used psychological warfare. <laughs> Man, I love Terry Crews. I've been watching loads of Brooklyn Nine Nine, like catching up because I was really far behind on the seasons. I'm on season six now. Nice. Wow. I remember like before season six, it looked like they were going to get cancelled before they moved to a new network. So I remember I, I hadn't finished season five yet. So. I watched the end of season five. I was so glad that they got picked up because how much of a cliffhanger the end season five on. Oh, that would have been <laughs> awful. So, uh, are the clones still in WWE? I actually accounts, don't know. By all accounts, they're gone now, but... Wow, what a bunch. Drink oh, fucking And this is the guy who, according to the last Ray documentary, helped prepare Taker for one of his big comeback matches. I think it was against Cena at Mania 34. <laughs> Jesus, it's weird who they they choose to do that because like they got Dash to come and help Edge where he's come back. Kurt Hawkins apparently used to come to a set where Rock was preparing was uh, filming in the lead up to Mania Twenty Eight, and it would like work out with the Rock. Well, wasn't it? And it was who was it? Brian Kendrick. Did he get Ronda Rousey ready, or who did? I haven't. Ken- yeah, worked with. Uh, when I was in, apparently, a Brian Kendrick also helped work with uh, work with Eve Marie. Not oh, good enough. I mean, she tried to do a version of the sliced bread, which she called sliced red, but she'd moved up the ropes so slowly. Ah, oh. uh, Xavier Woods. We've not seen him for a very, very long time in this timeline because of his unfortunate injury. But um, if you've not had a chance to to listen to the Feel the Power podcast from this week, which is WWE's New Day podcast, uh, go give it a listen because all three members of the New Day talking about the what's been going on in the world uh, at the moment in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement and obviously George Floyd's uh, murder as well. So if you've not given that a listen, highly, highly recommend it. Oh, both a serious spot. Forgot about this. Also... <laughs> When they came in, I was going to say, why are they always attacking Daniel Bryan when they come in? And then I didn't realise that the long hair and the beard, I realised that's not Daniel Bryan, that's Tony Nese they're beating up. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, I, I definitely recommend listening to the, uh, the New Year podcast. It's much better than fucking After the Bell. And there was a two-part episode where they got like various different types of TV shows in a big 64-show bracket, and they just debated what should go on and like... Oh, oh what a tournament format. My God, where the hell did they get that idea from? <laughs> Absolute assholes. You can almost pinpoint the moments where their friendship almost hangs by a thread. <laughs> like when they vote against Golden Girls, which is one of Woods' favourite shows. Like, the man nearly had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah, they've had some really, really funny people on that show as well. Didn't they have Ron Funches? I know Ron Funches was on an After the Bell, but wasn't he on a New Day pod as well? I'm not sure. I know they've had like Cesaro on. I think they got this some woman on who used to be on a TV show. I can't remember what show she was on, but apparently Woods used to have a crush on her when he was younger, and they surprised Woods by bringing her on the show, and he didn't know about it. And <laughs> as we see, that's Tony Nese's dancing with the New Day. Yeah, it's really funny. They just they were doing a dance, but that's not going to go well for Tony Nese, who and has just drunk. been eliminated. But uh, but yeah, Phil the Power is really really funny. I haven't listened to them all, but I made sure to listen to this week when I saw some reviews of it. 
And they, they even if you don't listen to podcasts, WWE have put the full episode of Field of Power on YouTube as well from this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, who is this? Oh, it's Bo. Well, Bo's and... gone, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. I think uh, we're only on bloody entrance 15 as well. We'd usually be halfway through our unborn by now, but... Yeah, I mean, I can't pretend we've been talking about the match for a lot of it, but Daniel Bryan is currently sat in a corner. Bo Dallas. Slamming Xavier Woods into turnbuckles. Some forearms to the back, one to the head. Tries to lift him out of the room, but Woods clinging on. I'm having a go at some commentary. What did you think? Anyways, have you seen the clip where Ricker T's on commentary during a... Uh, uh, Impact match back in like the main event mafia days, and then he gets up and joins oh, in. Yeah, that is incredible. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him with a kick in the corner. Oh, we got him. Yeah, that is hilarious. I hadn't seen it until a few months ago. Some people, some people were uploading the clip of it for whatever reason. It like went viral on wrestling Twitter for a bit. But yeah, go and if you've not listened to it, guys, you don't know what we're talking about. Go type Booker T. Uh, TNA commentary into into your YouTube, and it's the first. Is it the first one that comes up? I think so. And here comes Kurt Angle TF, fucking hell of a jogging ever so slowly with that weird tape he has when one he's on. Yeah, here he comes, Kurt Angle, with all the all the explosive energy. No, oh, he's suplexing oh, everybody. Suplex the Germans. Suplex the so he moves all the momentum of your grand going out for a power walk. Oh, he <laughs> throws Bo Dallas out. out of the ring. He's got Primo. Primo is gone on the same side, but a super kick from Dolph. Dolph, whose hair has frizzed up to the point of hilarity. He's mocking, like, mocking the bringing down of the straps. Runs at Kurt Angle, who grabs him belly to belly. Dolph is gone. I got him, Matt. What a hell of a Kurt Angle, who looks like he's been in there from the start at this point, as both the New Day, Woods and Kofi try to grab him and take him off, but Kurt Angle with the forearms to take him away as Woods in the corner. Right hand, right hand. All the speed of a one-legged mouse. I mean, he looks at the, the hair of Dolph Ziggler before we throwing it. It's like when Monica and friends, when they go when they go to <laughs> Barbados for that episode, like it gets a little bigger in the humidity. <laughs> Before she gets all the seashells put in it. <laughs> oh, who's next? Xavier Wood teasing he's gonna re- he's gonna oh. eliminate Angle and oh here comes uh, the other member of the revival. Oh guys, you need to to keep track. You need to drink for Dawson and technically drink for Kurt Angle, who isn't under contract despite his appearance on SmackDown oh, and NXT. Oh yeah. I also like the fact that they don't even put their full names in their graphic when they come in. They either put Dawson or Dash. See, I don't, I don't really mind that because you know who people are. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just do that. You could just have Dash and Dawson. Although, what are they... Are they going by their real names now, aren't they? Cash and... Um... No, I think, I think they're not really their real names, but they're just similar to their names. And also, uh... that replay of a... That was the place that did it all look way more less impressive when they did that slow motion replay? I think they thought he hit his head on the apron because they were just talking about how look at Dolcega's head, but no one had realised he didn't. He just missed the apron, like it was a near disaster. Well, he's going all for 
overhead still. New day. Oh, and here comes gold dust. Oh, I got I got excited because I seen the gold like light, and I thought, is that not Titus O'Neil's entrance? I thought that's too early for that. Here is uh, gold dust. Currently, oh, he's always been Dustin Rhodes, but he is the natural Dustin Rhodes in AEW at the moment. Um, someone posted a. Sorry. Last, I've got a question for you. Someone posted the other day, and it went a little bit uh, viral. Oh. It was Dustin Rhodes. I'd put a picture on Instagram of just him wearing a usual vest top and jeans and whatever, no face paint or anything. And so I put this should be his gimmick in AEW is just get rid of the bodysuit and the face paint. What would you think of that? Just getting a raw and kind of real Dustin Rhodes. Well, it'd be interesting because for the most part, a lot of people like can get get to properly see Dustin because at the moment Dustin is just. Like I said, he's half dust and half gold dust now because he even has like the half face paint. And it's quite sad that when he left WWE, nobody really seemed to notice. Although I did make his big like that big promo they did from coming to double or nothing more of a surprise. Well, the other member of the Ascension, Connor. So if you're doing the drink, it's for Connor as well. Yeah, I find Dustin Rose gimmick in AEW a bit strange because I heard the story of how he wanted to leave WWE and he went to the building and spoke to Triple H for ages about mm-hmm. how he just wanted out and Triple H went and spoke to Vince and then they granted him his release, uh, which is good. He's been gold dust for a long time. He's a legend. No doubt he's a Hall of Famer. He's all those good things. But I don't really understand what he is in AEW. It's like, because he doesn't need the half gold dust thing to be recognised. Mm-hmm. Like people know who he is, so um, he's coming right now. Is basically as he used to be Goldust, and he's also Cody's brother. So that's really all he seems to be right now. And he came in just then, like a about ago, we missed it. Or he's throwing Xavier over the top. Xavier hold held on yet. Somehow, despite all the years that Goldust has been around, I would somehow still be surprised if he came in and eliminated Xavier. Because that's how far down. Goldust fell by the end. Look at his hair as well. I think... Oh, let's see who's next. Ah, it's... Oh. <laughs> they bought the all to Jeddah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Chill out, uh, Michael Cole. I oh, Elias. Elias is... Um, he's, he, he's not a great wrestler. He's decent. He's perfectly good, but... Elias is one of my favourite things in WWE. Although, it was always weird, the dynamic, when he first came in, and that Corey, the heel commentator, hated him. But that didn't change when, obviously, when he turned face. But, like, Cole put him over, even though he was a heel, as the greatest thing to ever live, and how great of a musician he was. But, like, this is totally arse backwards. You can, I have a feeling that this is only that way, because Vince wants to is likes Elias, and clearly, somehow, in real life, Corey Graves doesn't. I think um, one of my favourite things was there was a Twitter thread a couple of years back of someone like, I'm a guitar player and Elias isn't even good at playing the guitar and then a full thread of it. And mm. I, was, I read the first one and I was like, it's because he's a fucking wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> he's not walking out at the O2 giving a 15 hour set, is he? <laughs> like, what? Like, I'm oh, sure yeah. I, I know. Oh, he oh, yeah. just eliminated both of the New Day and Connor. 
in the one like yeah, I get your thing about him like with the guitar like he never even plays a full like song before he gets interrupted. That's his gimmick. Like Honky Tonk Man had the Honky Tonk gimmick for like what thirty years. Never once learned to play guitar because yeah. he knew his gimmick was he was meant to be shit. I know Elias is decent at guitar. He likes actually playing the guitar because he's got that. They did that WWE album as well. Oh, oh. another released. It's what? what? How, how fucking quickly? How fucking quicker is it between entrance? Because and um, the Luke Gallows has just come in. But um, also the thing with Elias as well is usually he's also playing a gimmicked guitar because mm-hmm. usually he plays it and then he whacks someone over the head with it. Uh, and, it, and it explodes magically, even though guitars wouldn't really do that. Like an actual guitar, hopefully, fingers crossed, you've bought a good guitar, and it's not going to explode at the slightest touch. Oh Jesus! Again, okay. one of the only times we see Daniel Bryan and Kurt Angle facing off the ring and within a middle of a fifty-man rumble in fucking Saudi Arabia. Oh, can you imagine? Can you just yeah. imagine twenty? Let's say twenty. 2014 Daniel Bryan against like 2005 Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. the Machine. When was the, was the Machine 2005? Yeah, it was around yeah. four, five, or six, remember that time. I know it that's turned, when he was kind of at his peak of all his unfortunate issues, but he was a wrestling machine as well. Oh, oh fuck off, Elias! Oh, and Elias. Kurt should have been able. Kurt was just pulling his straps down. Even though as he got older, he was part of his stick, but he shouldn't have done it when he got older because it just flipped. It's revealed how sadly he was. He's in better shape than both of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't see me pulling the straps down either. <laughs> oh, another releasee. It is Rhino. Fucking hell. I, I regret this fucking decision. Like, I forgot how many people exactly they let go over the years. Rhino, who was offered a new deal at double his rate and turned it down because he just wanted to wrestle. So he's actually, by all accounts, I've not seen any bar a couple of clips. He's doing some decent stuff in Impact. Yeah, you know, uh, weirdly, he's younger than a lot of people giving credit for. I'm pretty sure he's like late 30s or something like because when he started in ECW, I'm pretty sure he was like 19. But he's just always looked older. Have you heard the story of um, when he first met Edge and Christian and they got him a booking with that. You'll probably know the name. Who's the smaller? Uh, Tony Candelo. Um, Doesn't really ring a bell. Oh, so Tony Candelo, I think it's Tony Candelo, is a Canadian wrestling promoter who did a, did what? A, apparently, it was called the Death Tours, where back in the day you would do you would tour like Canada all over the place, but it would be like a, the frozen wasteland. So you'd be driving on ice that was then roads and stuff like that. Oh, we don't have to drink for this one because here comes Drew Gillick because we thought he was gone and then he came back because <laughs> he agreed on money. Uh, so Rhino is 44. So yeah, he is younger than I would have guessed. They're teasing that he, uh, they're teasing that he could, uh, he Slater could be coming to Impact and they could be reforming their partnership. That would be pretty cool because uh, I quite liked that partnership at the start of SmackDown Live. Mm-hmm. It's a shame for Heath because wasn't it a thing where he got released and everyone was saying he should go to AEW and Cody very publicly said, no, we're not interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that was it. But like, fair enough, like, you should make it clear like we're not accepting anybody who used to be in WWE. But like, there's still plenty of other places for Heath to go and 
know if you've just seen a photo somebody shared on Facebook of Heath that he put out, and he's he got himself in decent shape since he got fired. Yeah, he's got himself ripped. Like, and uh, yeah, he could go to Impact and easily be a main eventer. Like, mm. he's he's certainly good enough wrestling wise. And if he does want to go to Japan, then oh, okay. it's Taka Taka. Oh, I remember being so raging. I think is. I remember when I, I didn't get him machinery at first when they first showed up in NXT, but then I slowly, it was when I slowly started getting into them. And I remember at the time, because I think Tucker came over to help out with like the tryouts they were doing in Saudi Arabia. And like, yeah. so they, just put him in the, they just put him in the, uh, the Rumble. I was so and I was like, I was expecting Otis to come in later, and then when he didn't, like, of all the, of either member of every machine you could have brought on, you chose Tucker. Because <laughs> like, you clearly see what's happened with Otis, it's clear that he is the better like performer, I think. He's a better WWE performer, but I think Tucky uh, is probably the better wrestler. Like when you're just talking about actual wrestling, and he's just eliminated. He just eliminated Drew Gulak, like, yeah. Gallows, yeah, like, and blimey, how tall is Tucker? Like he's nearly as tall as. I heard Luke Gallows on a an episode of Talking Jericho say that he's legit six six. Like I'm pretty sure Tucker is like a legit amateur wrestler, so yeah, I think wrestling wise, but like Oh, I think here we go, are you ready? Should we do it together? Uh, glorious. glorious Oh, that was so out of time. <laughs> I didn't even know who it was. I, I couldn't tell who it was really at first. I was oh, already okay, on. So. I was on, I was way I was still rambling on about fucking Tucker. I forgot what it really existed until you brought him up earlier on. Yeah, no, Otis, to go back to Heavy Machinery, Otis is, uh, he was on an episode of After the Bell talk about, he is a legit amateur wrestler, although I don't think it's unfair to say he's not in the greatest shape. Mm-hmm. Like, when you talk about aesthetically, like, he's probably in great wrestling shape. But, uh, I saw, I saw, I can't remember who he shared with, was it? I don't know if it was with Roger Baines or if it was like a different podcast I was talking to people from. But, like, I saw a picture they shared of uh, Otis back in, like, when he was amateur wrestling days when he didn't have a, a beard on and probably just eliminated Coldest. But, like, where he didn't have a beard and it looked I'm like, Jesus Christ, he looks like he could easily be the love child of fucking King Kong Bundy when he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> that wasn't us, but I will try and find it. Oh, yeah. it is, it is the fourth Google item is Otis Dozovich Young when you type <laughs> in his name. Oh, uh, and there goes. That's a pretty good elimination of Dawson there where he did the springboard. Oh my god, his neck. I know. Jesus, this is going to be the avatar when we post this episode. But <laughs> his neck is wider than his face. Uh, number 26. Someone for the first police Dango. Fandango. One half of the current NXT tag team championships number one contenders the fashion police good to see him back unfortunately uh deputy dango has had an, two big injuries literally back to back yeah uh, so it's nice to see him back and wrestling again because there was the fear at first uh that he wasn't going to come back apparently but also a man if you ever listen to him on a podcast loves um fixing up houses and selling them apparently huh. that's what he that's what he does that's that's what him and his wife do outside of wrestling together so 
good good for him. Always good to have an escape plan, according to Kevin Nash. Yeah. Uh, so earlier on when Goldust got eliminated, one is that there was the row of empty like of those armchairs that the like Saudi princes and the royal family are all sitting on in the front looking so bored. And there was a row of, row of them off to the side all empty. <laughs> oh because shorty G. Still got look at his hair flowing in the wind. He's been appearing on SmackDown a little bit lately. Looks like he's going to be getting up to some bits and pieces, so which is amazing to see. Uh-huh. Ooh, look at him, like... Look at him go. It, looks like, it sounds like I'm saying that sarcastically, but, like, honestly, you just... You forget how good he truly is half the time. He's oh, got he is. on his shoulders. Look how strong he is. I think, um... One thing WWE-wise that gable is perhaps missing is but he's also not had a chance to show it a lot is maybe a bit of personality that's po- that's probably me being unfair but i'd like to see him actually get the chance to show something because in wwe you do need that that's not and uh for better and worse i'm sure some people would be like no you just need to be good in the ring if you're good in the ring but, um, I oh, to re- this is the return of Rey mysterio yeah because i don't think we've seen him since the rumble that past year when he that was a legit surprise when he showed up in the same city that four years earlier he got booed at the building just for not being Daniel Bryan. Do you think that's unfair for me to say about Chad Gable? No, okay, because like even personality sometimes in modern day we've seen uh, isn't usually enough compared to height because like Road Dogg said about Adam Cole, he's, got, he's basically got everything that you need, but he then said about Cole, if he was carrying cross his size, he'd probably be universal champion right now. Yeah, and I think there is that. That's oh, re- re-eliminated. Uh, re-eliminated Gallows. Gallows. I don't think that's just a WWE thing. Like at times, like I think all of wrestling obviously gears towards what sells and what's going to get you going. Whether it's obviously the amazing thing and impact of Tessa Blanchard becoming world champion, which oh. is history making and all of that. So looking at the following. Dangle had Ray up on the power bomb, slips out of it into, on a this power slam position on Gable, uh, spins out into a DD. Yeah, that was amazing. Sorry, uh, just like, I know we've talked about, we've tried not to talk about that, more so just the people in it and weird anecdotes. Like, this is one of the better like, actual wrestling spots we've seen in the match, other than people just hugging the rope for God knows how long. Because Daniel Bryan spent more time sitting down in this rumble than he has doing anything else. Oh, uh, don't worry, guys, here comes Mojo. Sadly, I'm not drinking for this guy because he's somehow still employed. I hate <laughs> Mojo Rawley. I don't think I've ever hated someone in wrestling more than I hate Mojo Rawley. Really? Just a huge... I don't really have an opinion on Mojo Rawley, which in a way is probably worse. Because but, obviously wrestling's about reactions, but I literally just blank. Don't, don't hate him, don't like him, just don't care. Like, I never got his gimmick when he was maybe a face, the whole hype thing in NXT year. And I guess I'm furious more when the comments are like, oh, isn't he just so fun? No, no, he's not. And then Zack Ryder got dragged into his whole thing and that pulled him down for a few years. And then they had to fucking squash Zack on pay-per-view. I think, I think the hype bros, now I was, I only tuned, 2016 mid 2016 was when i started watching uh again like every week 
but I just don't really. I think the hype bros perhaps could have been a little bit more than they ended up being. <laughs> so this is number thirty, and this usually would be the end of a rumble, but we've got oh, and it's Tyler Breeze. Let's see. Let's see if Michael Cole says that. He's looking so confused. He's so confused why why Dango isn't in the rumble because <laughs> he's one person as he comes in. I love Tyler Breeze. I think Tyler Breeze is so good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then goes Steve Tyler from Elimination. But what am I never part of the ring, you numpty? Yeah, what an idiot. But Tyler Breeze gone without even taking his shirt off. Whoa, and a fez press from Tucky straight into a gut kick from Tyler Breeze. Bringing Tucky down and it's getting to the yes kicks. Or... If you want to be the heel commentator, the world famous it kicks. Sorry, if I can. I'm just worried about Chad Gable after that first press. I think he might be dead. His lungs have been caved and he's been crushed under the weight of Tucker. Oh, Back, God, that go. man had a family, presumably. <laughs> Chad Gable throwing up to a vertical suplex onto Daniel Bryan. Everyone down at the minute, bar Rhino, who is trying to get Ray over the ropes. But Rhino goes down. Chad bringing Daniel Bryan up. Forearm. Daniel Bryan fires back with a forearm of his own. Wouldn't this be a match we would like to see? To see would be Chad Gable now Shorty G, but Mojo Rawley ruins it. Oh, number thirty-one. There is God. only one member left, Scott. It has to be. That's number thirty-one. We've already had number thirty. Um, I can show us who that is, yeah, but. Big E. It has to be Big E because Kofi and Woods have already been in. Here he is. Big E Langston. Tongue and all. I just say, thank, I know also we knew it was obviously 50 guys so we've still got bigger people to come. Like, thank God this wasn't a thing I know because you look at the first 30 entrants, you think, Jesus, how shit of a rumble would this be? As uh, Big E's offering pancakes that had just come out of his, out of his gear and probably been next to his testicles. Oh. Oh, into the abdominable stretch, but it gets worse because here comes the sexual assault. Right. No, Tucky saves himself, blows his rape whistle and into the right hands. <laughs> oh, no, the big ending on Tataki. Bye, I didn't take in those pancakes I've been and he's like, hmm, they're all sticky. Is this syrup? Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Well, I'm no, saying no. I'm, I'm I'm applying the wrong way. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> Get your head out of the gutter, Nathan. <laughs> oh, Big E going after Bobby Roode as we wait for entry number thirty-two. Oh, Elias throwing pancakes at people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes Carl Anderson, machine gun. Really enough, it's been a couple of entrants since we had someone who's been released, so that's good because the first ten or so entrants it was coming. Someone who's released. Someone who's released. Like, good lord. Oh, Do you even have an undercard anymore? Carl Anderson into the corner. I don't know if you guys are aware, but Carl Anderson has a hot Asian wife. Have you seen the picture of what his wife actually looks like? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Carl Anderson off the ropes, but... Oh, Big E is like, sit the fuck down. What for a fucking 
And what part of Ireland is apparently Big E from, Nathan? Jesus. <laughs> Get the fuck. Get Feel the, the power. The new day, so it is. <laughs> uh, still, Chad Gable and Daniel Bryan staying as close to Chad Gable as he can. So I don't know. I don't know if that what Daniel Bryan thinks of the rest of the people in the ring. We must do making a long distance call from Saudi Arabia all the way back to San Diego with a six one nine. Here comes the world's most boring US champion. It is Apollo Cruz. The speed in which he ran to the ring there. I think Apollo Crews incredible in the ring, but every second before it is the colour beige. I don't know how he how he got up oh, my eliminates Chad Gill. I don't know how he got called up so soon. I like to think maybe he's just so boring that maybe NXT just didn't want him anymore. There you go, you're Vince's problem there. Do you think he's like a you know Guardians of the Galaxy where Drax the Destroyer or uh, Dave Batista would just appear in the corner of the room in the second one because he was pretending to be invisible. Mm-hmm. I think every now and then Triple H would be like talking to someone. He's talking to Adam Cole about what the UE are going to be up to this Wednesday. And he turns around and goes, oh, Apollo, when did you get here? <laughs> and Apollo's, I've been here for two hours, Trips. <laughs> but, oh. I mean, I don't mind watching him wrestle, though. Like him being Andrade, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. But I can't say I care about him in any other capacity. Yeah, I haven't watched that match he had when he first came back to Raw against Alistair Black, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. And here oh, comes. Oh, rip. Add Daniel Bryan's chest is not ready. Here comes easily the worst member of the Undisputed Era, in my opinion. Shit house, really? You're not a fan? No, like, yeah, they're all good wrestlers, but on the mic. Roderick Strong is easily worse talker. He never sounds natural. He sounds like frat guy number three in any college movie. And he's always and he's, he never delivers lines that well. He's good at the backbreakers as Garanson just found out and Oh <laughs> good God. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio went for his split leg bulldog but and then the double leg gut buster to Big E, Roderick Strong. Rhino getting involved. Who the Rhino just I don't know what just happened there, but Rhino yeah. is gone. That's one other good thing about Roger Strong, other than the fact he's just horrible talk. The way he does that needs out of nowhere, because I remember I think it was they were feuding with like Mustache Mountain. Mustache Mountain were in the ring and they're waiting on a couple of jobbers who at the top of the ramp. And then from off camera, but Roderick Strong in midair with a giant knee to one of the jobbers right in the head. Oh, business is about to pick up. I'm sorry to interrupt, Scott, because here he comes slivering his way down the ramp. The Viper. Uh, how does this become the greatest Rumble match ever? Because Randy Orton's in it, because he's one half of the greatest wrestling match of all time. And how this man gets called so boring, gets so much shit, and yet somehow it always comes out to massive pops every now and then. It's so confusing. It's almost like people are making it up, isn't it? You know what? I think I love Randy Orton. Right? I was always, when I was... Oh, for Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews going for, well, kind of, I say springboard, but springboard. And by Carl Anderson, Get Apollo Crews diving off, the ropes. With you. 
Fuck off, Mojo. Bye bye, Mojo. It's almost like someone backstage went, this match is boring, Randy. Go clear it. Bye, Apollo. Three eliminations immediately. Oh, fuck. I was always Speaking a Randy. Bye, which which uh, side of the fence did, did you always... I think when you were younger, you were only WWE, or did you find the indies first? Oh, no, I was always WWE. Like, yeah, early you, Randy Orton. Orton or Cena? Oh, I liked Orton. Uh, I think I was clearly more of a Cena fan when I was younger, given the fact I still have a replica spinner belt. Yes, I I had that bought for me. Heath Slater coming out, so drink if you're playing along, because he is hopefully on his way to Impact, where he will no doubt do great things. Cool thing that we'll see one. The RKO is by far my favourite finisher of all time. Like any spit cutter variation uh, is just up there for me. And also, I realised when we were saying bye to everybody that Orton was throwing it, I forgot when Tony East was eliminated. I, I forgot to say bye, bye, bye. Because I made that instinct comparison <laughs> there. For God's sake. It would have been a lot funnier if I had said it at the fucking time. Do you want me to cut this bit out and put it into the bit where Tony East gets eliminated? Nah, fuck it. Moment's I gone. I wasn't going to. Don't worry. <laughs> but, um, that would require extra work, Nathan, so I doubt you would. Have you heard Randy Orton's story about Austin Fury? Uh, yeah, how he came out to him and asked his permission before using the TKO. Yeah, which I think Randy Orton was, from what he was saying, he was like, he knows he didn't have to do that, but he was like, hey, do you mind if I use a variation on the cutter? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, shit. shit. That's like, man. Babatun, 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 This is who, um,. I think wasn't this who Malcolm Bivens or Stokely Hathaway to independent fans was managing on the NXT like house shows. I don't think it was him, but I do remember before Leo Rush came up and managed Bob Lashley, he was doing something similar with Abatunde, and it was clear that they wanted Rush on the main roster, but they thought Abatunde's far from ready, so they just stuck him with Bobby Lashley because Bobby Lashley was failing miserably on his own. And there's a cool clip on the Indies of uh, Leo Rush in a tag match with. Bubba Tundi, and one of his opponents goes to uh, Leo, Rush, Leo Rush jumps off the apron and lands on Baba Tundi's shoulders. Apparently, um, Baba Tundi, like these days, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, he's right. had a couple of years in developmental, and Daniel Bryan's chest, I think we've missed whenever he and Roderick Strong went off, but his chest is already beat red. Oh, here we go. Hair and all. Barrett, oh my god, he looks so weird with hair. You remember when he cut it and everyone was like, he looks like a weirdo. Now seeing him with hair. Oh god, was he feuding with Elias back then? Jesus, it's been going on for two years. (laughs) I think he's just always hated Elias, whether or not they're feuding. I'm going to ask you this question. I asked it to, I said it in our group chat the other day after NXT in your house. Is Adam... This is all because Roderick Strong's in the ring, so it's related to Undisputed Era. Is Adam Cole's current NXT world title run a sleeper hit for the best modern-day world title run? Possibly, because, like, the most title runs, like, you don't actually... You haven't really noticed how long he's been champion for, because, like, he, had the, he finished the feud with... Oof, he off, took Roderick Strong's head off our clothesline to Baron Corbin, but, but he... he he had the, he faced a few with Gargano, which kind of ran its course. 
he had the war games stuff, which was fine, and everybody enjoys war games. And then, like, he said stuff with Tommaso Ciampa, which was fun. So, like, he said fun feuds, and other stuff, but then other stuff came along, like war games and the pandemic happened, so people weren't really focused on Adam Cole. Then, before you realised it, you realised it's only been a year already. Unlike, like, when AJ Styles had the belt for a year, and you're, you're so desperate, like, oh, fucking just end this now. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It's happening. Oh, I'll respond to what uh, Scott said in a second because we are. Oh, so they've not cut away. <laughs> <laughs> There's three types of reactions on commentary. There's Corey reacting like you. There's Michael who's trying to be professional but just can't hold it in. And Byron, who clearly feels bad for him, and just so tries drink to drink for every replay. So here's number one: Titus O'Neil falls over. Luckily, luckily, I will say first off because I've had a couple years to process this. Doesn't hit his head on the edge of the ring, but slides straight under the ring. I remember they said like they used to do a thing where they had the LED boards on the side of the ring. So if he'd done that, he'd do fucking. He just slid and fucking cracked his head on. He could have been dead. Well, luckily they don't have the LED boards on those. The LED boards are on the hard cam side and the opposite side. Mm-hmm. I don't. I remember Daniel Bryan also saying that Tate was so annoyed he ran at the first person he saw and it happened to Brian and he was a bit stiff with his uh, stiffly picks. Who the fuck is Dan Maffer? Who Maffa? the fuck is Dan Maffer? Pretty sure he was the guy who... Is that Simon? He looks like Simon from what culture? He looks like a giant baby. <laughs> yeah, he is your classic eight-pack white dude with no hair and a beard. Whatever your... What's his name? Dan Maffer. Do mm-hmm. we need to drink for him? Let me find out. I have no idea. Oh, oh. This is replay number three, so drink again. I'm pretty sure... They just heard on and Grill's vision how much that Corey was laughing. So okay, so everyone, everyone, sorry to cut you off, To dr- everyone drink for Dan Maffer. He has been released. Thank God. Oh, fucking hell, another replay. Drink again, fourth replay of Titus Anu. So what I was saying was, the reason for all these replays is, apparently, they just heard how much Corey was laughing in production. So they decided everyone just replay that thing just to try and make Corey laugh on commentary while he was trying to like move on. And then, <laughs> like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Get to remind of it. Ah. <laughs> so Daniel Bryan's chest is near bleeding at this point. So I think drink for Daniel Bryan's chest. Oh shit. The monster among men. So to go back to Adam Cole's title reign. I think the big thing for me is one thing exactly that you said, which is my main point, is you don't realise it's been a year. Now, mm-hmm. part of that, admittedly, 100%, three months of that is the pandemic and everything. You're too busy thinking about that to really focus on timelines. But I think the other thing is what they got wrong with Kofi's title reign and other people's is the variety of opponents. Mm-hmm. He's had... What's just some class opponents, obviously Velveteen Dream most recently, he's had Gargano as well and people like that. He's just had some classic title title feuds. Oh, oh, oh. 
sadly, Baba Tunde has, has gone. And it looks like Dan Rath has fallen Dan there. Dan has gone as well. Oh. Correct me if I'm wrong, but on this past, past week's, uh, this past uh, year's Royal Rumble, oh probably still like, what, 13 people? Yeah. Pretty, I'm pretty sure that's the same number that Braun eliminates here. That's already three. So I think the reason, only reason that Brock got that many eliminations is just in case like, they weren't entirely sure whether or not they ever want to count the greatest Royal Rumble in their record books, so just in case they've got Brock's record. And there goes Heath and everybody else that's still yeah, waiting think, on their side. I think part of it was they wanted to build it up until Drew came out. Mm-hmm. Because I'm presuming Drew was always the plan. You, you think so, yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you guaranteed it because because he won the match. He was always going to win the match, wasn't he? So you give him the who's next. Oh, it is. Oh, it's, oh, it's my best mate. I almost forgot you oh, then. Sean Spears. Isn't he great? He's joining in to help uh, eliminate Braun. Everybody's trying to get Braun out. It's so weird how Braun suddenly seems so vulnerable half the time, and yet sometimes, even in, especially in Rumble matches, he suddenly becomes, becomes so superpowered until like nothing can beat him. I mean, he doesn't lose very often. Like, he doesn't. When was the last time he was pinned? Like, it's been a hell of a long time. I think when he Probably lost guys to Shane, maybe? Yeah, I was about to say when. Uh, but that was three people. Mm-hmm. So that was Zay, obviously Zayn. Um, Cesaro and Shinsuke. Oh, here we go. The Viper with a drop kick. Out of nowhere. I was hot so take, good at you. Randy Orton has one of the best drop kicks of all time. I'd say so, yeah. Him and, really, him and Hardcore Hall. Listen to that. The reaction to an RKO, even in Saudi Arabia, is mental. Oh, we're going off for the flying. Another one, coming. Another one coming. Oh, and Ray is gone. Baron, turn around, Baron, because ah, oh, Randy Orton's. I think. Oh, Elias eliminates oh, Randy Orton. Fucking hell! So it's Baron, and uh, not Baron. Sorry, Elias and Braun left. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I think, is in there somewhere. He's the rolled underneath the rope yeah he definitely does because he gets into the oh no I won't say in case people have never seen this match but um yeah I think Hulker Holly had a great one Randy Orton Okada has a good one now I'm losing track how many people how many of the 13 that he's Uh, drink for Kurt Hawkins random anecdote here I remember I went to when Ron Smackdown were taped in uh, Glasgow in 2016. Uh, the Smackdown, I was I went to both of them, but the Smackdown when I was on the floor uh, opposite the hard camp, so I wasn't like the crowd that they showed as Braun's chasing Hall. Turns out they're back to that. I remember, like I was actually, I was a big fan of Kurt Hawkins. Me and my brother are, and we were there, and he actually got an upset win over Apollo Crews on that Smackdown, like he, ro- he won with a roll up. And literally, since the three happened, I stood up and like yes. And then we had a full realisation that nobody else in my section was standing. So I looked even weirder. (laughs) (laughs) As Braun runs around the outside, knocking down Elias and 
and Brian. And have you seen that they've added a train noise to his entrance now? Excuse me? What did you just say? Yeah. like he, I think he had like a big train thing on his T-shirt now, but now his actual entrance when he came up for the sixth final Smackdown, it was just big, like, bro. Like, oh, look up. God, that makes me so unhappy. Why would you make me so unhappy? I'm already unhappy. I'm having to watch this show, but like, that's what, not what, that bad. What's worse, do you think? Adding that to Braun's thing, or they're adding the weird to Alistair Black's entrance? That's completely Alistair Black one's worse. That's exactly what I was about to say. I was about, I was literally about to bring that up. But um, I mean, what's here's here's a fun anecdote for us. What's the worst match you've seen live? Because mm. I've got one. Does that have to be a WWE one? No, it doesn't have to be. It can be wherever you want. Oh, here comes WWE Championship contender for tonight. The almighty Bobby Lashley. Oh, I remember he came back only a few years ago. This is when we still had hope before he did nothing and then had to be saved by MVP. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think of a WWE one because I've only ever went to like, house shows so like I can forgive some matches for being bad. Other than like the Royal Smackdown I went to. But there was this match in Scotland I went to. It was for Wrestling Experience Scotland. There were two wrestlers, the two Italian wrestlers, Jokey and Paxo. Jokey was a female, Paxo was a male wrestler, and they're both acting dating in real life. And you think two people who are dating in real life would be able to have the chemistry to put on a great match? Oh, no, 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 no. I was in like this, it was a small, so it was in like a training school, so it was a small, like, intimate crowd. Like, I was in like the third row from the ring. And Paxo went ahead a bit on Jokey at one point, and I think I was closer to the ring than his boot was to her face. <laughs> Jesus. That's too bad, because I know, I'm pretty sure very few people who, walk, who follow Scottish wrestling will probably be listening to this, and there goes Elias. There goes Elias, as you mighty Bobby Lashley. How about you? One, one that springs to mind immediately, I went to Raw in 2008, it was at the O2 Arena in London. And I got to watch... Are you ready for this classic? Bear in mind, it's 2008, Scott. Okay. Paul Burchill. Very, ah. very, very good wrestler. Uh, pretended to be Johnny Depp for a bit. <laughs> and he faced off live on Raw in 2008 against Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Fuck me. On like, Raw... The match from memory yeah on raw the match from memory only went like maybe two minutes but to top it off that show was then main evented by triple h against jbl and that match which doesn't sound like it would be too holy shit oh i pause what i say (laughs) a great because brian o'brien fucking vegan mania was running wild he was Taking it to the two big men, Lashley and Braun, but they thought we've had enough of the big, we've not had enough big men. Here comes the great Cali. And I opened my can for another drink for someone who's thankfully not in the company anymore. Yeah, he's not anymore. Bam. Triple H, JBL, who went from memory about five minutes and then it got DQ'd off. And that was the main event. I remember the main event, I'm pretty sure maybe the Raw I went to was a five way because it was in lead up to. The first like survivor series of the brand split era again, and so it was everybody on Team Raw. It was Owens, Jericho, Braun, Seth, and Roman in a five way, 
I'm pretty sure Jericho won by pinning Owen. And then after the match, after the show went off air, the Dark Seven was a big long promo thing with Seth, Enzo, and Cass. No, it was Seth challenging Owens for the Universal title in a dark match. Went to go to DQ, and then there's a big long promo segment of Enzo and Cass, Seth squaring off promo wise against Jericho and Owens. You know, the worst thing was about that Raw that I went to was halfway through the show on Raw, you got Randy Orton came out and he was about to face and then out, about to face someone and out came William Regal. Mm-hmm. So you thought, oh shit, I'm about to get Orton against Regal. You're like, mm-hmm. amazing, can't wait. And it only, and I'm pretty sure it only went like three minutes or something. Jesus. And after that, the whole crowd was like, this is not, like the whole crowd began, the crowd began to turn a bit because they were like, mm-hmm. okay, we're not going to get anything from this. Like, and the only British win we got on the show was fucking Bert, Paul Birchall beating Duggan. <laughs> like, he's okay. just like, okay, <laughs> cheers guys. But- the other thing about that was basically that dark segment I was talking about was when uh, Kevin Owens and Jericho had left while Enzo Cass and Seth had started talking, but then they came back out to Enzo and Cass's music, speaking of Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens came in doing the weird, like, back moonwalk, like, weird shaky head thing that Enzo used to do all the time. Basically, <laughs> yeah, Owens doing a version of Enzo's entrance as Kevin Owens is coming down to the ring, slowly jotting down, because I remember there was a big controversy about Sammy not going to Saudi Arabia at this time. Of course, yeah, yeah. As he hits cannonballs to Strowman, and then one to Lashley, another one to Strowman. Up he gets, looking around. He's looking at Daniel Bryan. Runs at Daniel Bryan. Runs straight into a boot. Daniel Bryan's chest, who, which is redder than anything you've ever seen before. I, and, uh, I, mean, I remember Big Show and King were announced for this match, and then they just didn't show up. They never like made an announcement about why they weren't in it. They only came out afterwards why they weren't in it. But I remember. Okay. Was Kane a mayor by this point? I think he maybe got the mayorship. I think Big Show somehow got injured. And I remember like being like, we're in like 46. I think that's entrance 46 is uh, Kevin Owens. So I remember I got to there and I was trying to think who he had left. And I couldn't figure like, okay, somebody's not coming out. So I don't think we're getting Kane and, Kane and Big Show at this point. And I wasn't expecting anything big from them. But like, they're still a bit big names to announce. And it's not just how them in for no actual reason. Oh, Fucking hell. Man who six months later would officially be crowned best in the world and look at Kevin on his face, it tells the whole story like this fucking guy. Oh. Have you ever seen Kane? You must have seen Kane live at some point. Being a big Kane fan. I'm trying to think when I might have. Oh, yeah. I think the only one thing I can really remember is probably there were a few other things, but the one thing I can really remember is. 2012, the UK tour. It was him and Daniel Bryan when they were team Hell No against Cody Rhodes and Damien Sander. Nice. I saw him face. Uh, I went back to. I think it was the Raw the year after the one I just talked about, or the year after that. It was either one or two years after that, and I got to see him face CM Punk at the O2 Arena in London. I remember that but... SmackDown. I mentioned that SmackDown. I mean, the main event of like that was. Uh, it was Orton and Kane, Ambrose, Kane, I think, and James Ellsworth against Randy Orton, Luke Harper, and Bray Wyatt at the end of that SmackDown. And Kane basically said backstage, the Ellsworth don't tag in. So Ambrose and Kane do most of the work. And then Ellsworth ties himself in 
and immediately gets Sister Abigail for the win for the Wyatt. Oh, here we go, the standoff. The what? Again, you thought Babatunde Braun Strowman was big. You thought Hogan Andre, Rock Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> you thought um, Hiroki Sumi and Mark Henry was big from earlier in this match. No, they formed an alliance bigger than the Unholy Allen as they team up on Kevin Back God, they're beating his chest rather than Daniel Bryan with those kicks and maggle. Back God, this man has a family. He tells us often enough. <laughs> Who's coming out next? I think it's the entrance 48. It's only a few entrants left. Oh, it is a man who still has a job. It is Shelton Benjamin. The the fact that he's still around and yet still they haven't given him back his old theme song continues to make me sad. Yeah, apparently he's been on main event a lot recently doing some good stuff with uh, Tazawa and people like that if you do want to see what he's up to at the minute. But um, yeah, Shelton Benjamin loved uh, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Huss Mm -hmm. back in the day. One of the first things I've seen Benjamin was him and Orton Bad Blood 04 for the Intercontinental title. One nice. of the one of the few good matches on that show, that and the Hell in a Cell in the main event is one of the better matches. And I remember like before the crowds went away, he had a match with Cedric Alexander on main event and basically I think it was either him or Cedric very uh, bitterly put on Twitter some highlights of the match. Seeing as you could be seeing this stuff on Raw, but you know. Oh, yeah, I don't really know why he's sticking around. Like, maybe money. he's doing some stuff backstage. Yeah, maybe it's money. Maybe he's hurting or something at the minute. But uh, should be doing more. Didn't even get anything against Brock at the Rumble this year. They just tricked him because you obviously, all wrestling fans are aware that Shelton and Brock went to the same university. Yeah, I think what's like seeing that man. And theme song. It's all about the money, 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 money. Dollar, dollar for Sean Edge. But at the moment, he's just there collecting his paycheck. And before oh, he, oh my god! Fucking big guess. I forgot about him. Oh. I don't know how I could forget about him. He's seven feet tall, which is something that cannot be teached. No, you cannot teach height. You cannot. Oh god, Daniel Bryan is beaten up. He's been in this forever. I remember their money in the bank match is better than their backlash match. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. Cass. Cass, Jesus. For those not watching, Cass just slid in the ring, but at the same time as Braun threw everyone from the corner, so Kevin Owens just tripped up Cass immediately. Big boot from Cass to Strowman. A big knee from Shelton Benjamin, who is apparently a heel. A spear in the corner from Lashley. And, and oh, dropped the... opposite and here he comes. Is the coast to coast? Shane McMahon, the opposite turnbuckle, stands. Oh, the coast to coast. RVD would be spinning in his grave if he was dead. Like, I don't know. A weird thing about Shane McMahon's coast to coast is it was cool when RVD did it, but RVD never made it his finisher. But Shane McMahon clearly is so bad at when he wrestles that he has to make that his finisher. That's the move he used to beat Dolph Ziggler to become best in the world. Yeah, I mean it is a it's a incredibly cool move. Like no what no two ways about it. Big has proving he is 2018's JBL with a fall away slam. 
just being able to manhandle Bobby Lashley. That is somewhat impressive. It's one of the more impressive things I've ever seen Cass do. And here he comes. Oh, here he comes. Number 50 is Christopher Jericho. Jimmy Baxter's favorite wrestler in the whole, whole world. Yeah. That sparkly scarf. Uh, I think this is still wearing trunks because uh, nobody knows why he ever switched to trunks. I mean, I remember. I think this is around the time Judas comes out, maybe. And I remember he'd already been in the Tokyo fight, Kenny Omega, at this point. And it was a big deal when he appeared on Raw 25, even though it was just a backstage thing. And then as Kevin Owens yells, Why are you here? Chris Jericho in just the worst shape. Owen's yelling, go back to Japan. Uh, It was really, it was really in the words of Captain Hulk. When Christian revealed on the Edge and Christian podcast that they called Chris Jericho Potbelly. (laughs) Yeah. Jericho Trying to eliminate, but skin the cap from Shelton Benjamin turns around. Code breaker. Shelton Benjamin not falling down because that wasn't the planned spot and gets clotheslined over the top. Uh, Ron's Rowan taking a breather on the outside. Pop up power bomb. Nope. I like how we. we, Oh, occasionally we decide to actually give a go at commentary. Ah. Other occasionally we just like to have a go at commentary, just every talking shit. Then oh, here comes the move! Oh, move! Yeah, we're we're not good at it, which is <laughs> uh, we would really need to be massively focused. This um, why, that's why Jericho Feeney, you remember when um, Macho Man forgot how a Royal Rumble works and tried to pin? Yeah, the, uh, Jericho really just did the same thing by doing the walls of Jericho, waiting for KO oh, to God. tap. So Bobby Lashley did oh, 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 I forgot that. Did a Goldberg. Jesus did a Goldberg. Christ. Big Cass forgetting how suplexes work. Jesus fucking Christ. Now you're right, suddenly finding energy. See, this wouldn't be a punishment for Jimmy. He does commentary for a living. And, but for us, this is just not our forte. As he gets Daniel Bryan with the, cooks, with the kicks in the corner. There goes my boy, D-Bryan. I'm still over my words. I've had some few starters. Chuck it, okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just speaking of of Mr. Jimmy Baxter, uh, there will be there at the time that this goes up, there will be a free preview of Pro Wrestling Magic's uh, Patreon content on our feed. If you've not already given that a listen, go check it out. It's Jimmy talks through everything you can expect from the king from the Magic Kingdom. Oh, oh, uh, god. As Strowman grabs Shane, throws him to the outside through the announce table. That's it, he said. I, I loved the, that spot because it was a big flashback to me from a spot from King of the Ring 2000 where Undertaker did a very similar spot to Shane McMahon. Although Undertaker, I think, flew off the apron with him. But still, like, both spots, he just died. <laughs> that's it, that's Shane's just um, just quickly, I've just seen someone someone on Twitter who I won't name because I don't want to start a bully circle. Has just sent the tweet word for word. Is there anything interesting you want to happen at hashtag WWE Backlash? Uh, 
To which my response is, yes, the entire show. I'd like <laughs> the entire show to be interesting. Jesus, thank sorry, you very, well, thank you very much, random Twitter person. <laughs> or just Bron launching, or oh, I feel like he's nothing, and then just catches the code breaker and just throws. No one ever. Sorry, KOs. And Daniel Bryan from behind onto Strowman. Strowman against the ropes and throws Daniel Bryan off like the woodland nymph that he is. It's like Strowman suddenly, when he got back in the ring after he attacked Shane, got one of those second big mushrooms from Super Mario Bros. He suddenly, he sells refilled. He's bigger than ever. He's just running through everyone. Just you, off the top. You, over the top. Everybody gets eliminated. Strowman leaning over the outside. Daniel Bryan really trying a big kick to the back of the head. Oh, but a boot from Big Cass. Picks up Daniel Bryan. Bye-bye, Daniel. Daniel Bryan, good. The final two are Strowman and, my God, isn't it, Big Cass. Pretty sure it's like, what, an hour 16 is the official time that Daniel Bryan spends in this match. That is a record. Mm Mm-hmm. I heard, I heard actually some friends say they don't recognise it. They still think of Ray as the longest. It's obviously the idea of this being in Saudi Arabia. But this is the true Vince. So Vince wants his rumble set in. Two big bastards squaring off. They both have beards. Shoma has a better beard. Cass has what looks like if I, the best kind of beard I could hope for if I tried to go facial hair. <laughs> and they're squaring off. Big Cass with the right hands goes for the clothesline. Strowman doesn't even go over the second rope. He hits a second clothesline. Strowman's still not budging as he's up against the ropes. Cass standing there off of the opposite rope, goes for the boot, gets caught. Strowman throws it down, blocks the right hand. And with the backdrop, Strowman, oh, he absolutely, he testicles Big Cass. Right in the little Cass's. Right. And the big shoulder block to the outside. The monster among men wins a big cup. And a horrible looking title. My God. Breathing uh, uh, heavily. On a scale of 1 to 10, from 1 being not that bad to 10 being I want to scratch my eyes out so I never have to see anything like that again. How ugly is the Curtis Royal Rumble Championship belt that he gets given that we never see again? I mean, it's, yeah, it's not pretty. Yeah, they definitely better things they could have done with it. I just think green for things tends to be a bad color. Yeah, there's no. I've never once seen a title that had green in it that looked good. I don't no, think I've ever. There's a I'm version that you I'm going to go on a limb. Nothing has ever looked good in green. Yeah, it's very, very rare. The best thing to look green is Tommy from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but that is the one true exception <laughs> to the rule. Yeah, and I'm sorry to the entire country of Ireland, but green is shit. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like, you look at again, the worst kind of starburst as well. The green starburst is just horrible. None of the Avengers are green. And, it, and, and don't come at me and say Gamora. She's not okay. an Avenger. Let's say Hulk, but all right, suit yourself. No, not even Hulk's not an Avenger. He ran away. Like, look at this title. Like, again, yeah, Green has never looked good in a title belt. And yet, Braun, this is in 2018, so the only title he's held so far is a tag title 
for that day was a child. So the first technical signals, singles title that Braun Strowman has held is this abomination of a title, which you never see again. And oh, here man. comes Vince McMahon himself. Who would you fancy to win in a title match? Uh, Braun and Nicholas or Eddie Murphy and his child from a Daddy Daycare? <laughs> oh, Braun and, Nic- Braun and Nicholas every day. I mean, Eddie Murphy is good, but Braun Strong wouldn't murder him. Yeah, Eddie Murphy is a weak man. I heard they're doing a sequel to uh, Twins with Eddie Murphy called yeah, Triplets. Yeah, they've said that for fucking years, though, haven't they? I've, I've just forgotten about it. Apparently. Let's see it. Let's see it. Look at Vince like, go on, boy, lift it. Ugh. Yeah, that's not good, is it? That looks like it's a just, toy. It's the shit is looking version of the WWE title, like, because, like, everybody complains that the template design of the titles, like, they all look the same, just a different colour. But this is, this is much, much worse. Look at that thing. It's got the weird swords. What the swords about? Because, like, you've got swords up the side of the trophy, which they cared about for all of two weeks before they had Drew accidentally bump into it and just smash it to pieces to show how cheap it was. Yeah, it's not great. But mm-hmm. loads so many fireworks. More fireworks than I've seen since the Beijing Olympics. It does look like a, it does look like it does look like a big Olympic stadium, to be fair, this this venue. I mean, That's probably what they're getting ready for. They keep having everything over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, yeah, as Michael Cole just said, thanks for joining us. Vince McMahon, Braun Strowman, and the man who's trying to buy Newcastle Football Club stand in the ring celebrating next to a trophy that looks like a prize at a county fair. There are some members of like the royal family in the front row. Like everybody behind them is all celebrating, all happy. See Braun win. The guys in the front all look like, "Thank God that's over. Get the bring the car around. Let's go home to our massive." Yeah, it does get, get the limos round. But uh, yeah, we. You know what, Scott? That wasn't so bad. Between getting to talk to to you and the beer sat in front of me right now, that wasn't. I wouldn't call that a punishment. Yeah, with a laugh, and we did we. I'd say twenty thirty percent maybe was about the match when we were talking about it. We talked to people in the match, but we weren't talking about what they were doing half the time. Yeah, we didn't. But uh, but thank you very much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed the greatest Royal Rumble if you've never watched it before. To be honest, Royal Rumbles are always fun. Even the bad ones are pretty good to watch. But more importantly, you can find us at Rogue underscore Opinion. Check back for the archives. As we've just said, when this goes up, check back. We will have Pro Wrestling Magic, a free preview of their Patreon content, will be up on our feed with the one and only Jimmy Baxter. So go listen to that. And also go check it out. If you if you fancy signing up, do that. If you don't, that's no problem at all. We'll also have an interview uh, with Steve from Pro Wrestling Magic up on our feed. That might be up after this goes up, but that will also be there as well also obviously the naked men podcast is there bantam munich returned with a formula one special talking about everything going on in f1 which it's been a bit of a turbulent time for that sport uh but over to you scott where can people find you and what have you got going on uh first i want to say about the rumble yeah it wasn't like it was the least like a five set i think i've ever done because 
I have not found one wrestling fan that has ever said they don't like a Rumble match because wrestling fans can be defended on so many things, but like not one person has ever said they don't like a Rumble match. If you claim you don't like a Rumble match, you're you're clearly lying to yourself. Either that or you're trying to be cool. But you can find me on Twitter, Scott McClendon 26. Uh, Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast is back at SP Rambling. If you like seeing me go through punishment, then hopefully by the time this goes up, or at least a day or so after it goes up, uh, the WrestleMania punishment that me and Paul had to do, Starcade 2000, our review of that, is up. We were also drinking during that, and I listened back to it, and I was drinking before the, the podcast started. I could hear I was already slurring over my words. So, you know, enjoy that. Yeah, exactly. Go check them out because they are massive losers, if nothing else. But <laughs> otherwise, guys, you can find me at Nathan Greenaway, Rogue Opinions itself again at Rogue underscore Opinions. Scott, you can find where he said and at SP Rambling to go listen to the punishment for being massive losers. But we'll be back. I'm sure, Scott, we'll be back, won't we? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I don't want as in back as in doing all the punishment, hopefully not, but we'll be back eventually. We'll be back, guys. Uh, enjoy yourselves, stay safe, uh, more importantly, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. This is number 39 into the Rumble. 39 men. And the leader of Titus Worldwide, Titus O'Neil. Titus had a very busy week here in Saudi Arabia. He's had dinner with many princes and very important people. And he oh. just... <laughs> oh my god, what the heck? <laughs>